Live from Tully's Bar in the left ventricle of Waterford City, it's Snug Chats. We're back in the Tully's Snug. Um, it's a Tuesday afternoon. It's a Tuesday afternoon in the Tully's Snug. And this is apparently uh, season two, episode two. And I'm with one Connor Halpin. Hello, Connor. Darren, how's it going? Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for the free drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get your turn to buy me a drink in a second, Connor. Connor, Connor was the uh, the first man so far to walk into the snug, knowing exactly what the snug chats were and announcing that he drove in. Yeah. <laughs> How's that about, Connor? Explain that to me. That's my typical bravura and at the hell with it. He'll do it my way. He'll do it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you, you quickly found out. I still have a bit of a streak of that in me there, like, you know what I mean? I think I'm organised and I can get things, you know go along with things but I always I don't know every now and again I think on some level yeah I think on some level you want to I said to, I'd uh, get around I said, whatever yeah whatever he's got in planned I said I, I'll soon tell him that he, his plans <laughs> yeah, are all yeah, wrong yeah. you know what I mean so, so, so it's so, a little bit um, I've always had that little bit of a streak of a slight dictator in me you know really even as a kid growing up in the Dominican where I was an altar boy I was the head altar boy there, and it was my way, or you got a plimsoll across the back or whatever, like, yeah, it was a bit... bit As an altar boy? Dogmatic, yeah, I was really, when I think about it. And who were you dictating that to, Connor? Other altar boys. Oh, okay. It had to be my way, and I I, I don't know what this... Every now and again, I feel over the years I have become more affable, but as a younger man, I I was quite dictatorial. Are you a cantankerous old bollocks, Connor? At times, yeah. Are you? I couldn't be, yeah. yeah, And do you feel that has held you back? Um... Possibly, yeah, probably was, really? yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, I'm an entertainer and obviously you go out and you put on a good show and, you know, you're in good form. I would be normally in good enough form, but there would be, there was a slight bite in me, definitely. You know, I'm, right. not, I'm not a puppy, do you know what I mean? That can be, yeah. you know, every now and again I could turn into a Labrador, or sorry, a, a Rottweiler puppy Rottweiler. and you might just bite. Like, yeah, there can be a sting in the tail of it. Probably. I wouldn't have thought that about you now. I wouldn't have thought that about you. The, a lot um, of people... Who know me now could never imagine it. But people who know me a long time would say, yeah, there were, there were times when Halpin was a bit fucking unpredictable. Unpredictable would be the word. I don't, don't think nasty. I wish, uh, unpredictable. You wouldn't know what I might do next. And I didn't know either. Like So, you know, that was right. that's part of it. Okay. Yeah. As you're drinking your Heineken, and I'm drinking something from the Wicklow Brewery. I have yeah. no idea what it is, but it's lovely. There's kind of, there's kind of notes of honey there. I have yeah. no idea what it is, but it's nice. I am... So I suppose what you're saying there, Connor, it, it it leads to an obvious question, right? Yeah. What if you have? What's your biggest regret looking back on a career which is obviously still ongoing? What's your biggest regret? Possibly that I didn't focus on one area. Um, you know, I have so many ideas going on. It's hard to um, channel one of them and get them going because another idea is hopping in on top of that horse and he's trying to put it in a different direction and yeah. before you know it you're on a carousel of horses and they just keep going around in a circle and I suppose that I didn't specialise maybe at times I regret staying in Watford you know okay. at times I said Jesus I'm the man who's going to make things happen here And but the more obvious you are in your own smaller town the more up for being knocked down you are like so it's 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 a tricky one to ride you know what I mean but we were, I, we were discussing, um, we were discussing you a little while ago. I was, uh, Jason Murphy, Councillor Jason Murphy, is a big fan of yours, mm. whether you know it or not. And we were talking about you, and we were kind of saying that it's like, um, 
What the fuck? Coy, what's that beeping, eh? Fucking professionals that work in here. There's another drink. <laughs> that's another drink ready, I think. <laughs> oh, that's the kind of lack of respect you get here in Tully's. It's time for a waltzer. That's, that's your music there. Um, no, but what the fucking people again? No, what we what we were saying though is that like there is that there's a certain element in Waterford that when people hear Conor Hart, we go, oh, Conor Hart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But but what, what, but that's good, you see, because if they said who's he, I'd be worried then, you know. Right. At least they're saying ah, oh, Conor Hart, you know. So yeah, but but what, the way I said to him was, and I, it was a strange mm-hmm. kind of a, analogy to compare it to. But I said, ah, yeah, but well, that's the same way as when they say, oh, oh Paddy's Day is called fucking Paddy's Day, mm-hmm. and they love Paddy's Day, mm-hmm. they love it, they're yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it just seems that like when people say reputation precedes you, which mm-hmm. is I think you're a fine example of your reputation mm-hmm. preceding you. Mm-hmm. And is it because you've done so much? And people don't know actually what Connor Halpin is anymore. Is that what it is? Could be, yeah. I kind of pop up, like, at will, at different yeah. guises. And I even surprise myself, my God, am I actually doing this today or whatever it is? You know, it's just, mm. but I'm the sort of a fellow who, if he gets enthusiastic about something, he'll give it a go and see what would happen. And I, I, I admire you in your last play, um, Losing the... View from the Tree. There was a section of your show and you said, um, I don't know how this is going to go, uh, this next section. Yeah. But uh, let's see. Right. Uh, I thought that was brilliant because I said to me, yeah, that, that's the way comedy should be. And that's, you know, yeah. you have to go out and see, will this work? And I don't fully know, but if I feel that if I can give it a go, I can bring people with me. So, yeah, ideas like that would come to me. And I said, we'll give this a go. And look, sometimes I, I remember when the... Um, Viking Triangle was first mooted here. I had a photograph straight away in the paper. Bjorn, I was in a full Viking costume outside the Reginald Tower. Yeah. I'll be doing guided tours around oh, very good. as this yeah. Viking. But I approached a few people and it didn't happen. And then myself and another guy just went on the street busking for the tourists coming off the bus. We thought they'd drop a few quid in. Yeah. But these are all on budget holidays. They didn't have extra few quids to spend right, on a okay. fiver photograph with helping with a Viking hat. Yeah. And I gave them a sword. We won't have a, a mock fight on the Kia <laughs> outside the glass in the Millennium. So things like that probably weren't thought through enough to actually garner a few quid out of it, you know? Because, you know, when I was growing up, I remember I was doing stuff on the street and and there was a chemist, he's well known in the town. He says, there's Connor doing for a few Bob Halpin. Right. But that was a backhanded compliment, really, because Connor do anything for a few Bob Halpin. And I can do an awful lot of things. Yeah. At this hour of my life, now, to certain levels, obviously, I'm not saying I'm genius yeah. at everything, but I can do a lot of things. But maybe at times they kind of worked against me because I can do a bit of this and a bit of that, but, it but you're working in a smaller area, Darn. You can't afford to be choosy. When a job comes in, whatever it is, help, will you do? Will you do a kiss to come down and? Yeah, I'll be there. What do you yeah. want, please? Will you turn up as a superman in super value and give up? Yes, I'll do. It. You know. Yeah. You're in a game of self-employment, and in a smaller area, which, as I said to you, maybe I should have left Waterford years ago. You have to do things. You have to be willing to try, and get dressed up and go out there and give it a go and see what happens. So look, people see you. I'm not him again, or they say, "Oh, you're at it a long time now, Connor." You know what I mean? I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I take it as it is. And I say, if you look at Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones, yeah. he's going to hope he doesn't fall off the stage of Croke Park next week. So, so, so you're, you're a jack of all trades. Yeah. What, what, which, which one are you a master of? Are you a master of any of them? What's, what's your, what's, what's your favourite? I look, I suppose I'd be... I've done more children's entertainment than anything else. Yeah. I have, really. And I think I've entertained thousands of children for 
over 30 years. That, that would probably be the thing I'm best known for, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I might have aspirations to do different things that I've, <clears throat> I've done a lot of other things, but if you're looking at it, that's the bread and butter. Yeah, okay. If the okay. phone rings, seven times out of ten, it's going to be somebody asking for, look, the child's birthday okay, is coming so up. Yeah. So. What you've answered, though, is, is there is you've told me which is the most been the most important and which has been that's brought in the most money but which is your favourite well look my favourite would be I don't know I have I put stuff up on Facebook uh, funny comments that yeah. come to me and I put yeah. them up there that type of satire would be my number one okay. thing now I know I put them up and it might be just um, not Jerry Adams day in New York mm -hmm. it's a very big success all the New Yorkers were swearing that they were never in New York in their lives. You know what I mean? A bit of a joke on, on that type of thing. So that kind of comment. And then I would have a, I could write a few more sentences on that, but brief, succinct and to the point. That kind of funny stuff. I'd like to be doing more of that, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I came onto the News and Star, as you know yourself, a few times. I sent in a few satirical poems. Yeah. I got one published. The girl didn't really want to go with the rest of them, fair enough. But... I'd have ideas like that, and I'd like to be doing more of that kind of writing, funny stuff. And I'm a satirist at heart, really. Yeah. I could see something on TV, and I'd add something to it to make it funny in my eyes. Yeah. That's the kind of guy I would be like that. Do you know what I mean? So I, I would have good comical ideas that I'd like to get across more. I mean, I have worked with another lad, Dermot Sullivan. We've done the Cracketeers, but yeah. just getting in crowd to see what you're doing is tough going. You know what I mean? But Keep going is the thing, Darren, uh, Darren, you know, so I would I would like to develop that side more a bit, you know, so. How old are you now, Con? 60. And when, how old were you when you started? I remember uh, when I was in the Dominican, there was the, is it the ITGW hall at the bottom of Summer Hill? I was only about eight or nine, but I got lads in and I said, we're going to put on a play. Yeah. I didn't know what the play was going to be about or whatever, so lads showed up down there and I said, look, we're going to do uh, a murder story. And Connor, how's, who's going to be the killer? Um, um, you're going to be the killer and you're going to kill him. Why would you kill him? Ah, because he uh, stole apples from the nun's orchard and the nun sent him after, whatever. Like just, And then suddenly the guys started doing it and it just started to evolve. And it's fucking dangerous now, darn, because one guy had to be stabbed with a knife. Right. Physically, no. He had to be stabbed. He had to be stabbed. Okay. I said, "How is this going to happen?" So I said, uh, "Bren, listen. You're going to have to be stabbed by Joe. How is he going to do that, Connor? With a real, yeah, with a, and it was a real knife. Mm. I'm not bullshitting you. There was a real knife. So what I did was I padded your man's back with cardboard enough to take the blow of a knife that it wouldn't pierce his back. But he, he was fucking stabbed in the back. How old were you again? About eight or nine. And the brother Pascal he came up and he freaked out." He really nearly freaked out. I, I wasn't nasty of that. This was real to me. We had, we, what about a plan? No, it has to be a real knife. Plans. This is a real play. And I was only oh, eight or nine, or whatever it was at the time. Yeah. So that game. It's a wonder I wasn't sent off to fucking ferry house or something after that. But, uh, stabbing people did. But look, he wasn't injured or nothing like that. But look, looking back, it was it was crazy. But look, I was only a kid at the time, and but I did have that, and that comes back to that streak, as I said to you earlier about do things my way I would make things happen and I had remember there was meant to be a disco in St. Thomas's and uh, the old boys would all go up that Brother Pascal would have at the St. Thomas's youth club I think it's a judo club at the end of part of Thomas Street now no DJ 
couldn't find one. Mm-hmm. And the brother said, look, we have 30, 100 people here, what are we going to do? But I said, I don't know. And then I remember Tony O'Regan had some sort of gramophone system. He, had, he used to live at the bottom of Morgan Street. We'd get him, I said. But what have we done? We'd get him, I said. So we got him. I just went out and got it. And nothing would stop me. That disco was going ahead. And there's part of me that's like that. Now, it hasn't happened often enough, we'll be honest, but every now and again, if I say this is going to happen, unless I drop dead, that is going to happen. And that there is that side to me. There's a kind of a, my wife says an A-blood side, or whatever it's called. There's a sort of a, nothing will stop me. And that side of me can be, can be fairly awesome at times, you know, good, but maybe, you know what I mean, kind of might roughshod right over people at times. So. And, and that's been there since you were... Yeah, that's been there since I've been a kid, really. And... Where it came from, really, Darren, this is probably going a bit deeper now. So, okay. um, I suppose, look, I had a, an upbringing like everybody else, but it got physical at times. Yeah. And as a younger child, um, I remember some of those. And my aggression comes from hit, trying to hit back, but not being physically able at that time. There was a kind of a, I want to get back at this, but, you know, to hit back whoever was whatever was happening to me. I wasn't physically able, but in my mind, I was. I, I was angry, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would have been. It's a picture well, of me at seven years of age in my com- com- communion of whatever, seven or eight. I actually like this. My yeah. fists are clenched and have a really cross face on me because something probably happened that I wasn't able to deal with at the time. Yeah. And, and this came from your father, did it? Possibly, yeah. Look, as I said, that was the time where you probably got a few scalps. I don't want to go too much into that, like, but... Um, yeah, but if it, if it shaped the rest of it... Yeah, it did. Yeah, look, there was a, a, a trying to hit back quality about me because yeah. I wasn't able to do it at the time and I think that sort of is part of my psyche, all right, you know? So, so the, it, it, almost, it almost feels then, like, just listen to you, that, that your whole life has been you trying to almost react to something or trying to retaliate against something or trying to chase something that has been as elusive. Does that sound accurate? Or I think it would, yeah. I think it would. Um, do you know, all children come into the world blemishless. They're beautiful yeah. children. that, But they're formed by, they say, your formative years. And they would have been the earlier years of my life. And they, they certainly do form you. Mm. And that battle then goes on. How do you actually release yourself from that, the way you're formed? So that, that battle goes on. And I think for most people, if they're being honest, that's a lifelong battle. How did you develop the, the famous thick skin that you have? I didn't always have a turn, I'll be honest with you. I could be easily put out as a younger guy. Because I do remember um, uh, people be saying that fucking idiot. What, who does he think he is? Like, and, you know, I might have ridiculed some of my earlier performances in yeah. the WDS. I remember being in the plow and the stars. Maybe I hammed it up. I was only 19 or 20, but I was Lieutenant Langan or something. I, was, I had a death scene in the Theatre Royal, and I think it went on for 10 minutes. It was meant to be right. over in an hour, or half, a, half a minute or something. And everybody, I think there was a bit of a, a titter of laughter coming from the audience. Okay. And it was kind of restlessness. When is this guy going to actually die? Oh, I'm dying. Oh, my blood. And, oh, I was looking around. But I suppose, in a way this was a way of getting back suddenly everybody was looking at me so yeah. I'm going to milk this I have you in the palm of my hand now so I'm going to fucking take all I can out of this so there was a bit of that involved as well you know yeah. so I, I did have a kind of um, a strong tendency to you know do my own a bit stubborn definitely stubborn Yeah, I, I would have been stubborn, stubborn. Well, yeah. Yeah. Are you, are, is there any circumstances at all 
where you could be considered shy. I remember going out with a girl years ago, and um, it was Mary, and we were in a. John Lennon had a song about um, jealous guy, uh -huh. and John Lennon would be. Uh, he would probably be one of my ultimate heroes because I had so much in common with him. Yeah, he said in the song. <clears throat> I was feeling insecure, feeling insecure. So yeah, I I I felt insecure with women. If I had a woman got off with a girl, whatever. Yeah. Some of the other guys who were more confident, whatever they'd be, I kind of felt insecure that they might take her off me or whatever. Yeah. And she said um, you were very nonplussed in there. I had to look it up. What do you mean? And then looked yeah nonplussed. I was I was kind of put out if other guys were around. So there could be shyness. Yeah, look, I think I'd be shy occasionally, every now and again. But I suppose I realised that... You see, there's two me's. There's the me that I know is the depth of me, the real me, and that there's the me then that has to kind of blend in with things or, you know, go along with things yeah. and, you know, be nice and sociable and all that sort of thing. But there's part of me that says, fuck off, I don't want nothing to do with this. Do you know what I mean? So a guy said to me once, Pat Hearn, got me with him. He was a post office clerk in the post office. He says... Um, I would have been known as a bit of an introvert or an extrovert to some degree. I'd stand up, I had a, a poem called Chainsaw Charlie and I started reciting this down the sorting office in the post office. All oh, the lads were looking, hey, helping, you're meant to be so laugh, fuck off, I'm doing this poem, lads, watch me, or whatever, you know. But he said to me afterwards then, he says, I don't know if you were an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. Yeah. There's a part of me that's extrovert, there's a part of me that's not, I'm not fully an extrovert, do you know what I mean? There's a, a certain amount, but then there's... Maybe on a one-to-one. -one. I don't know. It's I'm not always comfortable in crowds, if I'm being honest. Occasionally, I feel, ah, look, this isn't for me or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Or, Do you think that at, at 60 years of age, you're still trying to figure yourself out? I think I've done a better job of it in the last five years than I have in the previous 55. Why? Because I realise I'm not going to be around for much longer. Do you know what I mean? I well, there's, there's, there's potentially 40 years... Yeah, but realistically, there's not. You know, I've become very pragmatic, and I say to myself, every day, Connor, no matter how good, bad, or indifferent you're feeling, you've got to make the most of this. And there's times I pump myself up in front of the mirror. If I'm not feeling great, come yeah. on, Connor, come on, yeah. get out there. Yeah. Let's go. That pumps me up, and then I go on and I do good things then. But um, when you when you um you said you said there earlier on that you wish possibly that you'd focused on maybe just one thing, mm. two things. What some people will know about you and some people may not know about you is that you are an exceptional actor. Mm. You're a really good actor, mm. right? Now that's that's me saying that I've seen you and stuff, mm. and actually almost been surprised by how good you actually were. So that's something. Is that is that not something that you think you possibly should have maybe, and 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 the great thing about acting is that, that's something that you could still carry on for another. Oh yeah, years. I mean, uh, I thanks for that, Don. Yeah, I, I think I didn't take direction well. Possibly is that the problem? Guy. Is that you were a bollocks to work for? Is that what it was? I wouldn't be a bollocks, but I don't know what it is. Maybe I just uh, had my own ideas about it or whatever. Yeah, but I've been directed now in Cuckoo's Nest, which. You know, I went along, I mean, I'd no problem. Gary Parr did a great job there. Most recently, The Kings of the Kilburn High Road, David Hennessy, another great job. No, I have no problem now. I think ego. Ego yeah. was my biggest enemy all my life. 
had a massive ego. Do you feel that the world owes you something? No, no, no. The world owes me nothing. The world owes what, me nothing. What's, what's the problem with the ego then? What, what, what ego, you for you, just, as I said, look, I, I had to hit back in whatever way I could as a younger man to, you know, when I was getting a few beatings or whatever. But yeah. ego then tried to, you know, <clears throat> make me feel better about myself. Come on, Connor, you're better than everyone. You're fine. That was to make up for the fact that mm. I was feeling shit about, you know, a few other things. Yeah. But what happened to ego then, it, it didn't control itself. It just mushroomed like a, a nuclear mushroom, whatever you want to call it. Like, it just got bigger and bigger. And I was actually remembering myself in plays when I was great. But then I'd have to, but Connor, that was 20 years ago. Because people in this city growing up never even knew I acted. Never knew I was an actor until maybe the last few years. I've kind of come back and done it a bit again, but uh, ego, yeah, look, I thought it was better than everybody else, if I'm being honest, you know, I, I don't, and I didn't need to, need to prove it in my head, that was the mistake I made. How did you, go back to, go back to, um, <laughs> go back to the, just first of all, actually, a, a random, a random question, which will lead to more, what is your, um, we're going to break this up in parts, we have little ad bricks mm. that are sponsored by various different people, they're not really, <laughs> in fact I think we'll just, we think we'll take one now before yeah, we yeah. carry on, okay. allow us to finish yeah. our point, and however, this ad is brought to you by, um, pick an old, pick an old, pick an old 80s product that no one uh, remembers, Jacob's Cream Crackers, Jacob's, still going, yeah. this ad is brought yeah, to yeah. you by Jacob's Cream Crackers, how many can you fit in your mouth, <laughs> in your brain even, yeah. go on. Back for part two. Um, your, 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 your suit will be divided of your You, um. I was going to ask you, um. Favourite decade? Favourite decade, uh. I'd say the 60s, really. Um. I think I was. It was an innocent, kind of happy time, really. <clears throat> I um, was following Waterford United at the time. That was the highlight of my my weekly pursuits. Um, they were winning leagues all over the place. Mm -hmm. Alfie Hale, John O'Neill, Peter Thomas, you can name off the whole team, Vinnie McGuire. Um, you were out every Sunday to Kilcorn. Massive crowd, <clears throat> unreal. Never saw a crowd as big at that age, you know, gathered for an event like this, and uh, yeah, it was a release, you know what I mean? So just, just to stop you there, just, so we're now in two, we're in 2018, mm. and what you're telling me is that in your six years on this planet, mm. that the 60s are the decade that you look back on most fondly. Well, I was an altar boy at the time as well. My best friend Brian Hunt, got to be good to him. Um, yeah, but you, you were also getting you were also getting the shit kicked out on a regular basis. A little bit of that, yeah, there was that as well. But look, you you seem to underplay that hugely. But yeah, mm. it, it, yeah, yeah, it seems to also mm. actually shape your whole life. So what is that? It's just that you have to kind of realise that now, looking back, that maybe it wasn't as bad as it was that you, you thought at the time, you know what I mean? It, maybe it wasn't that bad, but at the time... I think, I think, was, I think from listening to you that the, action, the opposite is actually true. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah. I think the opposite is probably true. Yeah, look, as I said, there wasn't an awful lot for you to do back then in the 60s. The Altar Boys, that was a release. Knockadoon, we used to go down there for a week with the Dominicans outside Yall every year, every year. And I was yeah. sent there. Uh, our family would take 
a house in Tremor. It sounds very Brideshead Revisited or something, but we used to go to Tremor for a month. A month now. Right. And we'd have a house out there and, you know, we'd be there with my mother and that. Yeah, there, there were things like that, you know, there was sort of, you were, you were entertained in one way, all right, and then there was the amusements down there. Tremor itself was beautiful. It seemed, when you were getting the bus from the quay, that the weather was always good, you know, it was sunny. I can, I can see sunny days in my mind just looking at it now. Um, but if it's, it seems to me, though, and if you don't mind me saying so, um, you've, you've, looked back, you've looked back on your life. And I'm, I'm asking you to pick a decade that was your favourite. And you've looked back at a time before you actually started working. Hmm. So you've completely bypassed your career and gone back to when you were a child. Yeah, but you see, a lot of what I do, even working with kids, is childlike. A lot of the entertainment that I do, I, I find it... Making up languages with kids, yeah. doing silly things. Just sort of instinctively goonery. Mm. the kids connect with and I can really be myself with them then do you know what I mean you can just come in and make up a language make up anything I make call that puppet whatever you want and there's that sort of childlike quality that is a big part of me I know it is because yeah. I wouldn't have never connected with so many children for so long it's, but it's a little bit at odds then with the di dictator that's there as well isn't it see the dictator really um People say to me, you have great patience, with kids particularly, and I say, oh, it's, I've been practicing for a long time. And look, there was times when, as I began, if a kid, you sit down, don't do that, you know. I, I could be a little bit cross, and I had to leave all that. Yeah. But how I did it was, my, um, as you said, drive and determination was inside. Maybe I'm boiling up inside, but I'm able to put on a serene outlook mm. but you have to have the energy to be serene from somewhere you know what I mean you have to have control you have to have sort of drive and a, an ability to control the situation and maybe that's the sort of the uh, I don't know that drive inside me like that makes me come across like that you know it's a, it's a yin and yang type of thing do you it's, feel um, <clears throat> do you feel slightly underappreciated in Waterford or not even I, I used to but look I've done a tour of schools lately. You might remember I came into the news and yeah. started to do Irish. I was in Donegal. I was in Mayo, Wicklow, Dublin. And I said to myself, the biggest mistake I did make, I made Waterford my world. Mm. That was a mistake. Because no matter how well loved you are here, work-wise, there's only so much. I, I often, my wife always said, Connor, look, you need to think much bigger. Yeah. And I met Mark Rowe and he was right. You need to think globally. We all do. Do you know what I mean? It's easy to think small in a small area. I was a big fish in a small pond. But when I got outside this pond, I realised, hey, I can actually do it other places. It's and people don't know anything about me. And I can go up there and be myself, totally myself. Not any baggage. That's yeah. going to help. And he used to do this. He was in the post office. All gone. Mm. I hit Galway. I hit Mayo. Oh, come in, Connor. You want know, to love the show, whatever. You know, we'll have you back next year. I wouldn't get that here enough, I'm being honest. I when I when I was doing the show and and even just being a journalist, people said to you, "Oh, you know, you maybe you should go and 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 uh, work for one of the nationals or do something like that." And I always think, well, um, for me, and I wonder if it's the same for you, that I feel that my superpower almost is my knowledge of Waterford. So that that covers the journalism side. When it comes to the stand-up side, I just think, well, nobody will know me outside of Waterford. So. 
there's an, there's an insecurity there which prohibits me from leaving Waterford to do stuff you know or maybe it's a lack of ambition I'm not sure what it is it's a I, I don't think that I can say that I love Waterford so much that yeah. I don't want to leave I just think is it worth your while going to somewhere like Cork where or, or, or Limerick or Galway or these places to do this thing um, now ultimately I would like to in the future but what I'm asking you is is anything is any of it related to insecurity why you didn't go earlier possibly yeah it, it possibly is um, you see when when you're performing for yourself or working for yourself that's a tough gig because you have to be your best friend you have to be your own manager you have to be your own creative spark all of that in one yeah. and obviously you have your wife as well and that but there's only so much that she can do you have to do it yourself and sometimes I did find that a bit lonely alright do you know what I mean I have to do everything here I'm not in a group I, I, as you said I did a bit of acting but I, I wasn't in a lot of theatre groups of that so I was a bit of a loner I mean, was that self-inflicted though? Is that all down to the ego? I think so yeah. look a lot of it would have been self-inflicted possibly I gave off an aura of aloofness to some degree okay. you know, I have to be honest about that well yeah cunt I wouldn't say it was a cunt, maybe more of a bollocks. Like, but, uh, okay. No, look, as I said, I would still, still even like that. I would have told other people where to find work. Mm. I remember telling Ben Hennessy, look, there's, they're looking for a, a window painter down in RTV or wherever it was where Carol's is now. Yeah. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? I would have pointed other people in the direction of that. Yeah. But, yeah, look, I, I, wasn't com I wasn't happy in myself, really, and I probably lashed out at people. Okay, well, look, that's, that, like let's that. take a break from that for a second. The, um, where did you, where, what's, what's your wife's name, sorry? Uh, Carol. And where did you meet Carol? Well, I would have met her um, through Tech Industries, where she was working with my sister, Anna, uh, my cousin Anna Gallagher, and um, I think Anna realised I mightn't have been the most successful Romeo going around, you know? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> she put in a word for me, and she said, there's a lovely girl from Limerick working in Tech Industries now. Would you like to meet her? And look, we're chatting over the phone, you know? So yeah. one day I'd ring her on Monday, then she suddenly realised this guy's ringing every day you know and that went on for probably two or three weeks and then I asked her to meet her one day and she said yeah well, look, we meet on the quay I said I'll take you into tea out to tea and she said jeez this guy is really a kind of rock and roller like you know so there was a place called Teasers on the quay a restaurant Yeah. so I brought her for a tea in Teasers and we got you know chatting and met a few times then and then Margaret Keane had her 21st I think over in uh Rue someplace yeah, in Snow Hill. So there was a kind of an open farmyard and the big disco there and mm. hay barns and all of that kind of stuff. Is that someone, some, mm. I, I, somebody... Um, so we met there anyway and after that then we got really going together, you know? Yeah, so ask him, does he remember the lodge out in Snow Hill? That's right, yeah. Someone actually yeah. texted me that yeah. question yeah. to ask you. We're not live, people are texting yeah. questions yeah. to ask yeah. you. Yeah. Is that what you're, that's the lodge you're talking about? Snow yeah, Hill? <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's where we would have met like for the... Um, so what, what year is this now? Oh man, Jesus. Ring Margaret Keane up, she'll tell you. This would be in the early 80s. Okay, yeah. Early 80s around yeah. there, yeah. So, something yeah. like that, yeah. Can't, I can't tell you the exact date. And I'm going to put you, I'm gonna gonna put you on the spot now. But when yeah. did you get married? When did your anniversary? Uh, probably around 84, 85, around that time there, so. And. Um, I suppose it's an interesting one. I'm, I'm, I'm listening mm. to you, and I'm, I'm yeah. hearing, mm. I'm hearing you talk about a very, very, very shy guy lacking in self confidence. Yeah. With women, but the complete opposite 
because at, at that time or close enough mm. at that time you were running into pubs mm. in your underpants yeah yeah that's true yeah I was actually that was the ego that was the kind of uh, so that was the alter ego very much so yeah this was the show off kind of a guy like the guy who says look uh, I'll show you what I can do or yeah. this is the way mm-hmm. you can be you know that kind of thing so, so that was the Superman to the Clark Kent mm. yeah very much so yeah that was a kind of <clears throat> who do you feel closer to though at this stage Darren I'll be honest with you I've become a lot more comfortable with Conor Halpin than I might have been for years because okay just sorry I'm interrupting you again the, you were you were never you 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 were always Connor with a C and then you became Connor with a K. Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Why did that happen? That happened because a guy told me once. He said your name isn't Lucky. Okay. Pat. Um, what's his name? Pat McDonald told me that. Now he's into numerics and look. He says you need to do something with your name. Change it in some way. Okay. And I was thinking I don't know anybody called Connor with a K so I said I'll be Connor with a K and it actually I became a different not saying a different person but a different performer once I had that up there I felt I'm individual this is kind of my trademark if you like Yeah. I'm now somebody hey that guy can't even spell his own name look he spells it with a K or whatever that was on the side of the van a fellow said to me coming down Patrick Street there you know but now people react oh Connor with a K I never saw that before mm. and I said that's great because I will be honest Darren I prize originality very highly I've right. always tried I don't like telling other people's jokes Okay. I like to tell my jokes mm-hmm. original that's why I do with the Facebook stuff I try to be first in with something yeah. and then if somebody wants to put it on I mean I had something like uh, Leo Varwanker now I see another guy using it I don't know did he think it up at the same but I, I've used that a good yeah. while back yeah. so you're, I, I always wanted to be original so I said yeah I'll get in first and I looked it up and I didn't see too many it's like you come up with a brand name for a product yeah. you immediately go to YouTube or um, Gmail or whatever sorry Google Google, and see does any, anybody else have it if they don't yes if they do ah shit somebody yeah, has thought yeah. of it like so and inv- in, yeah. invariably everybody always whatever idea you have someone has already had a first close enough yeah but I, I was I think I wanted the first with the Connor with the K and I said this is good like you know this yeah. is kind of rebranding myself and I'm always trying to do that I'm always trying to perfect get better at what I do yeah. get yeah. my name out there get more organised have a website all of that you know we're going to take another commercial break because we, this is the time um, when you have to make the decision whether or not you're going to have another pint. Um, give me a, a drink from the 80s that you'd like this next ad break to be sponsored by. Um, baby Sham. Baby Sham. <laughs> baby Sham. Okay, so the second ad that break. That was the ultimate drink. I remember that being advertised up in the Regina Cinema and the, the Regal and stuff like that. It looked so exotic. You baby know? Sham. And it used to pour out of the bottle the, the head would just spray out like a big kind of white <laughs> a big climax of yeah alcohol. yeah climax of alcohol yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. the second half yeah. was first was brought to you by Baby Sham we'll be back with more happy, happy? yeah it's going well done yeah. we're, 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 we're oh here we are into our third part um, and I have to say most of these um, I do very little editing of these mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. very little because I think it takes away from the um, the verisimilitude which is yeah. the word I like to use um what do you think of social media, Connor? If it had been around back back in the 80s when you were doing your... Um... Social media, I think... Um, it's like anything, really. It's how you react to it. Yeah. If, you, if you're easily offended, maybe you shouldn't be on it. Yeah. If you don't have an opinion, maybe you shouldn't be on it. Yeah. 
if you can't um, socialise with people, maybe you shouldn't be on it. So, Do you think that it has given a, a very large microphone to people who really shouldn't be talking in front of a microphone? No, either, either I don't agree with that at all. I think a lot of people who actually speak into a microphone professionally shouldn't be doing it either. Oh, I, that's I, my own I, opinion. I absolutely so, agree with that. So I, I think, look, it's democracy. Yeah. And I always was reared freedom of speech, and I think everybody's opinion is valid in my book. And Do I, you know what it's done? The more opinion I hear, the better. Let more people on no, no, Facebook. No, I, I, I agree with you, but what, what Facebook has done is it's opened up the world to a load of opinion that we never would have thought people had. You know, people who, like, you, you, you speak to somebody and she's a nice, polite person, next minute yeah. she's on Facebook, and then the next minute she says, you know, um, all these people <coughs> are coming here taking our jobs. No, you, you, you learn a lot of, what I learned a lot about people especially people I went to school with who I yeah. thought were very intelligent yeah. and next time I watch them on Facebook and realise they're actually tick yeah. uh, so social media is the great leveller but also it's like, a, it's like one big lie detector test in a way but that's look that's a different thing um, I want to ask you about, I want to ask you about it's somebody it's like asking our cars bad yeah our cars bad okay. it's the same question really okay yeah because cars kill people Mm. And cars, you know, break down and leave people stranded. But then cars are driven by people. Do you They're not so serviced by people. Do you think They're social media kills people? No. I think it absolutely does. I think it's a huge contributory factor to the suicide rates in this country. Well, you could be right there. Yeah, you could be right to a point there. But I know people being bullied in workplaces this very day and nobody's done nothing about it. No, no, and you're absolutely right. And th that's, you know, contributing to probably a, as much a level of it as well. I, I think basically, look, if you have an opinion and you can't share it, that's not good. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's right. I think you, you, you made a point there. I, what I was saying about social media more so is that it plants seeds in people's heads mm. that you may not even realise that were planted there about other people's lives. And you start, you start invariably and subconsciously comparing your own life to these other lives based on the seeds that you planted. But look, that's not here and there. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about somebody um, who was a who was a great um, hero of mine back in the eighties. Can you guess what I'm going to say? Muhammad Ali. Um, no. Was he Waterford? Yes. And you, I think you, Eddie Wimbury. You got the first name right. Eddie. Eddie. Oh yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only. Eddie Cody. Eddie Cody. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie Cody um, was a very generous guy, and he was he was an entertainer out and out. That was his thing. Yeah, he probably was a hundred percent extrovert. From what I know, you know, he would be out there and he'd meet you on the street and he'd give you something. Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't be just hello, goodbye. You know, how are you going? Yeah, there was a kind of quick talking aspect of him there, and yeah. he'd be kind of telling you what he'd be doing and what's going on and. He seemed to make thing, things happen. You know, there was a buzz about him, an electric quality. And uh, he was doing a thing at the Bridge Hotel. And he had himself and another guy on on the bill. He'd bring you in. Yeah. He wasn't a jealous type. You know, if you, you know, came in and you did w something. Was he, was he unlike you in that way? Oh, yeah. He didn't seem to have an ego to the extent that he okay. didn't want other people on the bill or whatever like that. No, okay. he, he wasn't threatened. He didn't seem to be anyway. I think he was just so unique. He didn't need to be. Do you know what I mean? He was, you know, flying the fish down behind and the uh, beefy king or yeah. on stage. He was. He just seemed to be happy in his own we'll, skin. We'll, we'll come know? back to him in a second, because yeah, I want to just yeah. on, on that comment. I just think, are you threatened by others? Would you be somebody who puts somebody on the bill who you think might be better than you? No, not now. 
Maybe as a younger man, I, I would have felt threatened. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But not now, though. No, no, not 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 at all. Because if I have original thoughts and and things, I'm happy. Okay. At least this is my own material. I put it out. Sure, if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But it's mine, and I thought it up. That's good. And then Darren does his bit and whatever. And I have brought an awful lot of people into my entertainment thing. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Trying, the last thing I want to hear is, oh, you sent out Darren thing. He wasn't as good as you, Connor. That's no good to me. I want he's fucking better than you, Connor. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, every see. bit as good as you. That's great because I'm getting my percentage of it. I don't want to send a guy out who's not going to it's deliver. Interesting. You know I, mean? I think so, that we're actually very. But you know, younger, I, I would have. Yeah. yeah, I would have been jealous. We're quite, yeah. similar, we're quite similar in some ways, Connor, because I, I look at the way I am with the paper, uh, the newspaper, mm. and I think if I have one decent original story in the mm. paper every week, then I'm happy. Mm. If I don't, I feel mm. a sense of anxiety about it. Right. Yeah. And. Um, I remember an editor saying to me once, um, my editor said to me once, I don't think you're happy if you don't have to have the front page. And I said, that's, that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. As long as somebody has, because mm-hmm. I'm very much for the paper. But um, I, I was just thinking when you were talking about the original thought, once you have the original mm-hmm. thought, yeah. like once you have that original thought, then you're happy. Yeah. And you feel you've done you've done. Yeah, I, I feel I've connected with my own ability and I put it out there. Yeah. The frustrating thing would be, number one, if I couldn't think up something, Number two, if I didn't do it. Now, that happened a few times. I will be honest. As a younger guy, 30, I bottled it a few times. Really? Yeah. How so? If I was... I remember I was booked for a gig in the ball, in Ballybag. It was comedy, you know, and there wasn't a lot of comedy going on at the time. It's so, fuck it, I ain't going out there now. Jesus, will this material work? Maybe it will and won't. And I will be honest, I bottled it. I rang a man up and said I couldn't do it. Right. And there's a certain amount of shame yeah. in me saying that. But... That's the truth, Darren, and I'm not going to bullshit you. Like, yeah, let's you know let's I mean? weigh that up against mm. what you have done, right? So mm. th- that, that's a that's a gig in Ballybeg, which is, mm. by all accounts a tough gig to no, go no, to. No, I, I never. No, it's not Ballybeg. No, it was mean, a venue. It was a venue that I bottled out of, and I'm going to hold my hand up and said I did that, and I. I sh- okay, well, I didn't feel good about it, but the fear got me. Okay. Let's let's list some of the stuff you've done. Well. As you said, I, I began in the WDS. I've done a lot of acting with them yep. over the years. A good bit, you know, and then I was in musicals. I've done my own one-man shows in a few different venues outside Waterford as well. Yeah. Something that a lot of people don't know about me, Darren, is that I've actually written a lot of songs. And, you know, I think some of them are quite good, if I'm being honest. I wrote yep. one about the Waterford Glass Factory, yep. the Crystal Lord, and I have other songs like that. Um, I've obviously done children's entertainment. I'm a certain I'd be a children's magi- magician as opposed to really a close-up magician. If yep. I'm being honest, I've done that. I can balloon model, face paint. I've done puppet shows. Um, I can perform as Gwilgi as fresh and you know Tom Gwilgi gum, Honeychair Rash Comrade. I did a, a course in ring on filmmaking. So look, as I said, there's a lot of uh, you've done um, modelling lately. <laughs> I remember that years ago in, in George's Court myself. I've done yep. that too. I've done probably the gamut. I've done stand-up comedy. How many comedy. strings are on your bow? <laughs> <laughs> Including the G-strings. I would say there's probably seven or eight, yeah. if I'm being honest. You know, okay. There's not much I can't do to a certain level, if I'm being honest. And have you ever? Have you always been okay with, 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 with bringing the money into the house? That obviously would be a side that I feel could have done a lot better in, I will be honest, mm. yeah. I've been on force games in the 80s and probably most recently up to two or three years ago. I've done a, a, my 50s, 
I call them the Force Fifties because I did a lot of schemes. I have to be honest. Um, yeah. I don't know. The work just seemed to dry up, and I, I was stuck in entertainment, stuck with the kids' stuff. The companies didn't seem to be doing dues. Oh no, we're not doing a Christmas party this year, and uh, it just seemed to get narrower and narrower. And um, I remember walking around Waterford one day, but seven or eight years ago, I said, "Fuck, I'm finished. This is going bad," you know, and. Um, Eventually, I was tipped off that there might be something in Lady Lane, um, a force scheme. And I went in and I did an interview and she said, um, you can start on Monday. And I remember telling my wife as if I won the lottery, I got on a force scheme, I got on a force scheme. Yeah. That's, that's where I was, no, no bullshit darling, you know, that's where I was for a while. And it took me a few years and it kind of... It's a bitter sweet thing. I mean, I worked with older people and we got on, but at the end of the day, I was only getting 208 euros, mm. what, 20 euros more than being on the door. So there were a few, I remember I was in the Cuckoo's Nest, having a great time on stage, and I said, Connor, you're on a Fosky. Mm. You're not heading for the Oscars, do you know what I mean? Mm. Don't get carried away with this. And I think I did get carried away. It was a release, it was an escape. I remember I was down in the Bridge Hotel, we were doing an ECDL course for six months. Started September, went on to January. Yeah, that was an escape. That was like going into a sitcom, where my reality was left at the door. I mean, I used to have a saying that reality is not on my itinerary. Stuff like that, escapism. My wife will tell you, Connor, you're just escaping from fucking reality. I mean, women are practical. I wasn't being practical. I said, this is my life now. Or we're doing a course, and we're all getting on great. We really had a good laugh. One of the few core, I mean, you could be on other courses, you just don't blend. Yeah. As a group of nearly 20 people, there was a blend there. I mean, we were kind of, I don't know, look, it was just like a family. We got on well, but then the course ended in January and you're back. So you're, you're, you're taking the little slices of happiness wherever you can get them <clears> now. Is that, is that, is that, is that, be, that be right? Yeah, look, as I said, when you're working, I'm happy. <clears throat> I will be honest, though. when yeah. I'm working, I'm happy. But when the downtime comes and you're not working, that is a lousy place to be. I will be honest, you know. It's, <laughs> but, but sometimes like, I don't handle it well, you know what I mean? So. But, you see, but you seem like somebody who can conjure up things. At a kid's party, I might be able to do it all right, but over the distance. Now, what I'm doing, I'm harvesting all the time. I'm back on the ferries in June. Yeah. In September, I hope to be back in schools. I got work in Bunratty for Christmas. I did nearly three weeks up there. Mm. Hopefully, I'll get that again for a month in December. Before, I was living from day to day. Now, I have to kind of season to see. You have to be, what am I going to do? Oh, yeah, end of June, we'll have the end of school things. Then we'll get into the ferry. Then, you know, you have to be thinking ahead. I didn't do enough of that over the years. Do you, so, so, do you think that, okay, a kind of a question that cuts, cuts to the bone. You look back on your your life and your career you're 60 so there's still more to come have, have, has it been successful? it's a hard question to answer Darren because uh, my wife has had to take up a lot of slack if I'm being honest you know so mixed I would say Highlights. I, I, I hear about successful comedians yeah. successful singers and I often wondered what that is and I just looked up Aidan Gillen for some reason yeah and he, you know, he did, did The Wire and he did Game of Thrones. And then I just looked, net worth, net worth, yeah. 60 million. Yeah. I was stunned. I really was stunned. Yeah, yeah. And I said to him, I said, what the hell have you been doing? For, but, you know, but, but, but you know what it is, Connor, right? And I, and, I, and I think this is so true, right? 
I think that you once told me that you felt like every horse in the race, that none of them have won something like that, wasn't it? It was a line like um, that, but it was. It was. I, I was probably riding every horse in the race to try and even trying, stay in the race. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're, but, you're doing but, but this, a bit of this, and a bit won. of that, and a bit of. Um, no, at the time, no, that was probably five years ago. I don't know when it was. I remember it was, it was around four or five years yeah. ago, yeah, yeah. I think since since then, a few of them have won. Okay. That's all I can say to you. Well, do you think that a lot of, do you think that success, whatever society and even show business calls success, is actually caused by timing? Being in the right place at the right time? Do you think that you just haven't been in the right place? The yeah, right look, time? Uh, Martin Brophy, a very good writer, um, we did a bit on the radio years ago on WLR, The Guilty But Essential. He says to me, You were ahead of your time. I'd hear that a bit now. Um, did a show down in the Dungarvan Town Hall Theatre, Mihalo Fuelon, sadly no longer with us. He said, You're wasted, you're wasted, he said. I've had that a lot. Mm. Stuff like that, you know what I mean? Must be or, frustrating to hear. It's, it's a backhanded compliment. No, I know he, he meant well by it. it. It means, look, you're good, but it's not quite Probably paying well. off or whatever. So, yeah. yeah, look, yeah, no, it is. It can be a bit like that, Darren. But look, <gasps> to be honest with you, um, I had a phone call today. A guy said, uh, can you come down to Norros uh, next Wednesday? He says, mm. yeah, well, what's going on? Ah, the young fellow was at a party you did down in um, Prendergast on the Norros. Brilliant, he loved it. Loved it. He wants you at his party. And I said to myself... Maybe that's success. I don't know. Do you know? I, I impressed that young fella so much. He wants me at his party. So, yeah. And I get that a lot. I get that a lot. That but that is success. But, yeah. that, but obviously it's not your level of success. No, it, it's it not, is. It's not what's no, in your head. It's not yeah, but head. I have to remind myself, Darren, we're only here from day to day as well. And yeah, but I get the feeling, Conor. Yeah. So I get, even from talking to you now, and I've always gotten the feeling that you're, you're, you're aspiring to something. You haven't quite got there yet. Mm. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see a happy man sitting across from me. Mm. He may be happy, but I don't. I don't see it. Mm. I don't see a man who sat there and. No, said, well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm content, Darren. No, you're, I have to be honest. You're definitely not content. There's still something going on there. All right. The, the but we, but can you ever be content? Let's say that that thing I spoke to you about earlier on, right? Let's say I say you're you're the man for mm. a certain part of that, and you're going on it's huge, mm. right? And everyone was everyone was talking about it. They're saying, Jesus, standout performance. Mm. Mm. Will you sit here and you're saying you still won't be content? No, look, I'm gratified for that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I would say, financially, that would be the thing, really, that the battle goes on, and that will go on. So for, you're measuring financially? I think so. I think you have to. I, I think you'd be foolish not to, to say, oh, jeez, I'm a brilliant actor, and everybody thinks that, but I'm not in the bank. I, I, it has to correlate to some degree. You can't sort of live on nothing, you know, that kind of way. So I don't want to be the starving artist forever. I'm doing okay, but look... You know, oh, helping you. When you declaring yourself a millionaire, you know that's what I used to get when I did the kissograms. But as I said, it's an ongoing thing, Darren, and there's no complacency there for me because I know every day has to be an earning day. That there's no kind okay. of relaxation. And have you have you have you suffered from depression? Yes, I would have. Yeah. When? Every now and again, I get a bit low. Yeah, I would. Yeah. When did it start? When can you? But I think I would say when I was in the post office, maybe about nineteen. I I didn't go through a good time there, really, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, it was it was a tough time for me. I just had a bit of a breakdown there, so that wasn't good. 
throughout your life then you get flashbacks to sadness you know melancholy yeah that that can envelop that can hit just come out i wouldn't say i'd be down in the dumps with it but i'd have to i would have to lift myself i would definitely have to get a hold of myself and get going again come on connor let's go let's go you, you would have to physically go through some sort of mantra or some physical activity to buoy yourself up again yeah definitely yeah it's just when i listen to you 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 in a way you're very kind of um very energetic okay but even when you speak about when you were 19 mm-hmm. In the same way when you were speaking about when you were a child, you, you just want to touch on it briefly and run away from it. Mm. You, you, like, it's like you, you play tag with your, yeah. with your problems. So it's yeah. like, ah, look, I may have got a few slaps and 19 I had a few yeah. old issues. Yeah, yeah. But you don't want to... Is it that you, you don't want to dwell on them? Or you just... I just, As I said... Like, why did you have a breakdown when you were 19? What, what caused it? You must know. Um, possibly because it was... In a job that, you know, I, I you felt trapped. Think, yeah, possibly I did. I said I'm in the post office, and I mean, you didn't leave the post office till you were 65. I remember sorting with a guy, John Kirby. We clerks could sort as well, and we were sorting. And I said to John, John, how do you get out of the post office? Nobody leaves the post office, by. Nobody leaves the post office. <laughs> that was it. Nobody left the post office. So how did you didn't. leave the post office? I left at 29. I just said, I'm, I'm leaving. There was a bit of an offer at the time. There was a few grand in it. Yeah. I said, look, I've got to get out of here. I can't end up doing this. I know there's something else out there. I don't know what it is, but it's not this anyway. So and my mother and father were very obvious, upset because there's full-time job and mm, whatever yeah, else. Yeah. like So pensionable, you know. Yeah. And uh, my wife backed me and I left and I opened up a pound shop in New Ross. Uh, that didn't last too long. Went into partnership with a guy. He... He had a bit of a gambling problem, so when he was there, there was nothing in the till, but I did see the Daily Mirror open at this racing page and all the horses marked I went to, so the money went there, so then I just said, look, let's try the entertainment, so I, I tried the kissograms and that, you know, so. Yeah. As I said, maybe plan-wise, I mean, I've worked a lot with Mark Rowe lately and just goals, I would have to say, I fell down on the goal side of things, you know, making goals. You, you, know, you seem of, like a man, if I, if I was to use one word to describe you, and, and I, there's obviously a lot of words mm. that you can use to describe Conor Hatton, but I, and I don't want to offend you with this mm. word, okay? But I, I would use the word lost. Mm. You're looking, mm. you're constantly looking for something, you haven't found it yet. Possibly, yeah. And is there, mm-hmm. is, there, is there a danger that you might never find it, and then suddenly you'll, you'll sit in your deathbed and go, Jesus, I never had a chance to stop and just be... Um, as I said, the last few weeks I've been gainfully employed yeah. and I came out of those classes feeling, do you know what, this is where you should be. But that's, that's transient happiness mm. though, Connor. Mm. you know, mm. you're telling me that mm. when yeah. you're employed you're happy mm. and then if suddenly someone says, look, that's enough for that now, mm. then you're unhappy again. Yeah, and you, until until the next time someone gives you your your mm. word, someone mm. tells you Look, you're worth something for this few weeks, mm. and then you're happy, and then mm. you're out of a job, but then suddenly, that that sounds like someone who's incredibly unsure of themselves, and needs validation from others or other things or money. Yeah, I probably did need a bit of the validation. All right, turn. Yeah, that that is true. I needed to be told every so often, which is not really being. You know, no, it's it's not ideal. I'm, no, I, mean, I think but from that. as I said, um, it's ongoing. You know, I, I can't say when. 
I would be happy every now and again, but you know, it's life has to be, you know, I have to earn, I have to keep going, I have to just deliver. Do you know what I mean? It's, I won't be sitting back. I mean, pensionable wise, I'll have to wait till whatever 67 before I'll get up from there. And in the meantime, I'm going to be working. That's the bottom line, you know? So, yeah, you're under pressure. At times you would be, yeah. At times, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to be kind of, as I said, you you have to make sure the gigs are coming in. You have to make sure you're going to be working. That's that's the bottom line. But the area I'm in, you know what I mean? There's there's no safety net there. There's nobody going to come along and mm. give you whatever. Like so, yeah. But what? that's if I'm working, there's certainly I'm happy enough. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I have a feeling that you always feel like I said before to you. I said, used to say to my missus, if you throw enough shit, some of it will stick. You yeah. know? So down the line, maybe tomorrow, I don't know, there's something there that will elevate me again and I'll just get a, a second wind or whatever. You know? at, at this point in your life, at, at age 60, um, what would you describe as being... If you had a, the phone rang now and someone says, Connor, we have your dream job mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. would you like to take it? What yeah. would it be? My dream job... To be honest with you, Darren, I don't know at this stage. Okay, you know, well, we've tried so we're much gonna, stuff. Well, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. We're going to take an ad break. Mm-hmm. What was your favourite sweets from your childhood, Connor? Do you know those um, sour apples? Oh, the apple sour that would tear the roof of your mouth. Yeah, the red, green, and, and yellow, whatever yeah, they were. Yeah, you used to get yeah. Ned Hartley's up in Lower Yellow Road. Yeah, and they kind of. Be an explosion in your mouth or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. blood usually. Yeah. Well, well, this, yeah. This part that, three was brought one. to you by Apple yeah. <laughs> and we'll move into part four in a second. As we go on, hold on a second now. We're we're moving into the the, the, the final part of the snug chats with Connor. Connor's been a pleasure. I still have a full point in front of me. <laughs> I, I'm still not getting over the fact that you arrived into snug chats and you've listened to one of these snug chats before. Yeah, you arrived I, in. Well, I I look. I, I will be honest. I probably overrode whatever. You know, so you didn't properly listen. You know, I did, but I said I'll I'll write right over this. You can forward whatever thing. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, okay. probably a little bit of you know. So um, you're you're so being your 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 bollocks, your typical bollocks self. Kind of just slightly, I I bend the rules to, to suit me. Yeah, like yeah. that. Well, I did a bit of that over the years. Yeah, you're dealing with skeleton. I used I to walk out of a false course an hour beforehand, maybe thinking I could duck off or whatever like that. But then right, some, okay. well, somebody would catch you. You know. So. Okay. Well, look. Before I move on to ask a couple of questions that I ask everybody in the snow chats I want to ask about the dream job the phone rings well look I suppose I've done the, the one man shows and stuff like that yep and there's some good stuff in them but look maybe I didn't follow them through enough or I felt oh, this is too much this won't make money and that's that's the bottom line in a lot of stuff that I do <gasps> let, me, let me put it to you let me put it to you right I think you deserve something Right, and I and I and I and I would, I would, I would be more than happy to put this together myself, right? A kind of an audience with Connor mm. Halpin type of show where Garter Lane is full, mm. right? And maybe you feel that you're too young mm. to be at a point where we're celebrating a career. No, I don't think so. No, you can. Never I'd like to do it because I think otherwise, otherwise we have to wait till you die. And what's the point then? You know. An audience with Conor Halpin, where we celebrate the career of Conor Halpin, mm. right? Where we fill up Garter Lane, the place is full, and you have the stage mm. for an hour and a half, whatever it is, yeah. and we just see the best of Conor Halpin. Mm. The career on stage, you might have some special guests, mm. it's a variety mm. show, mm. you know, and you have six months to put it all together. Mm. 
Would that be something you'd be interested in doing? It would be, yeah. I have done variations of that. Yeah. But as I said, it wasn't full, and that that kind of disappointed me. If I'm being honest. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Mm. So let's 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 say. On the snuck chats right now, mm. we're going to do this, yeah. right? And we want people to, to wherever you're, you're listening to the snuck chat, to reply mm. underneath mm. and say if this is something that you'd like to do, to like to go to, and I think they would, and I think I would, I would yeah. like to be somebody involved in the driving force behind making this happen. So let's let's say that maybe um, towards the end of this year, maybe. Yeah. In your 60 year, because it makes sense. When are you 61? Well, no, I'm 61 in August. So. Oh, under pressure. <laughs> We're under pressure. Even from a marketing point of view, yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't work, Connor. No, 61, 60 plus one, you know. Well, that 61, I'm sure there's some kind you know, of marketing. RTE plus one, you know that thing? Well, that I, 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 daren't say, I daren't say, right, because this might dishearten you, but I daren't say, but I won't do this. We'll, do, we'll try and do it this year. But it would be great if we are 64, when I'm 64, yeah, yeah. it would be a great time to do it. But yeah, not, yeah. I've planted a seed now. Yeah. I think it's a, so how, how many years has your career worked now? Well, look, I left the post office in 29 when I was 29 so yeah so you're looking, at, you're looking at the best part of 30 years oh easily yeah 30 years I was doing a bit when I was in the post office as well I was in you know yeah. the WDS yeah. and the musical societies and stuff so I was yeah. getting the the each to go out there and have a go there and definitely yeah yeah I, I don't the only the only, the only apprehensive mm. thought and have about it would be that if you you're celebrating the career mm. of Conor Happen at 60 mm. is that almost saying there's no more to come no, on the night you'd probably show them what is to come, maybe, or you could give them a little yeah. idea of what, what you'd like to do in the future, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, like what you did, Blues to the Two, or Blue, View from the Blue, One, yep. Two, Three, Four, yep. whatever. Yep. Just to have, just to be ongoing, you know, because that's the way I think, you know. It's almost about reinventing yourself, but just doing it to a big crowd and say, mm. look, I'm actually not, I'm not the kind of happen that you think that I am based mm. on whatever you think it's based on. Yeah, I think we did touch on something like that. James Rocket actually said he'd like to show the different side. I mean, because, yeah. you know, I don't know if any of us know we're funny or whatever, but, you know, you hear things, that's hilarious, that's so funny, and you're thinking, well, maybe it is, maybe, I don't know. It's yeah. not for me to say, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm just going to do my thing or whatever. Yeah. But he did find a lot of my stories with the altar boys, the post office, and I did that. Mm. He found that hilarious and then becoming a clown and, you know, a few parties that went wrong and stuff like that. So I, I felt maybe we could have developed that more. We could have done more with that. Yeah, it sounds like it. Have you yeah. thought about writing a kind of memoirs? I have, yeah. I have thought about that, Darren. I suppose I've started a few bits and pieces, but I haven't actually given myself the goal and the rice, you know, a bit every day or whatever yeah. it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I need to sit down and say, look, it's going to be done by the end of whatever, like, you know, and then... And do you generally lack discipline in that way? I wouldn't say I like this one, but what I said to you there before, like something else comes up and I have to follow this and I have to follow that, you know, it, yeah. it, it's, it's a money-driven thing that I'm into. I have to be honest with you, like that's just the bottom line. I can't right. lie around for two or three weeks writing a book, the bills mounting up. So, yeah, you know, no, I have to enough, keep, have to keep earning, like, so that would be the... But I would like to do it, yeah, definitely. I'd like to leave something, a legacy, to say, look, this is... Yeah, what well, I you have to do it, you have to write your And your, also, your from the point of view, I'd like to encourage other people, because oh. I know... I sat beside a woman up there, we were in a parent-teacher meeting in the De La Salle, and she said, oh, you're doing a bit of this, and I did, yeah, and do you do that? No, I sing a bit. And do you ever sing in public? Oh, no, I wouldn't have the guts. Mm. And that sort of, Jesus, I said, I was like that myself once or twice, a bottle of things. I said, that's a horrible thing to say, to hear. Mm. And I felt really bad, and I said, Jesus, if I'd only give that woman the guts to do it, I would. Yeah. But I hate to hear things like that. Like, I didn't have the guts, you know, 
it's crazy. And just I'm jumping back uh, to something I asked you about about shyness and, and thick skin. I want to ask you again because I don't think I got a proper answer to it earlier on. It takes a certain amount of of, of guts, I have to say, to walk into a room. Yeah. And just be on and do whether it's Santa Claus or whether it's a clown or a strippergram. I mean, nerves. I mean, I, I I've gone on stage on my own and done stuff, but you're walking into people who those people came to see me. They know what they're coming to see. Yeah, yeah. These people are at at at, at best they're open minded, but at worst they're like, who's this bollocks? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Oh, don't and, worry, I've got that as well. Oh, because sure you, you, you can be doing a, a Christmas do or something like trying to do yeah. a jokes or whatever. I'm, all you hear is clinking of glasses and talking. Yeah. Before you know it, that's louder than you. And then, oh, oh, that's fine. Let's go and cut Look, there's the money. You did your best. Good luck, good luck. Yeah, and then yeah, you have to yeah. scurry off out of the place, you know. So, and it's, so in, in a way, then, is it the fact that you're doing it for the money, does that protect you? Because I've got the money, and then I'm, you know, you're, you're, you're. Well, first of all, you have to earn it. You have yeah. to go out there and do it, there. And if you don't, that's that. That's the, in a sense. I needed to get. You need to get to a place. Where's the challenge in this? Yeah. The challenge is to go out and earn your money, and then when he says, "Geez, that was great. Well done," you feel then you've actually delivered for yourself and your family, obviously, and for the audience, and yeah. everybody has hopefully yeah. gained something from it. But to me, that that is the validation then. And it's not quibbling with the fee, but there could be anyway. Oh, I had a bad house tonight. You know yourself like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I just feel that I like to entertain. And at this stage, a bit like you, when you said, I don't know how this is going to go, but mm-hmm. we'll go there. I'm gone like that now. I go out there and I, I just see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, I have, I've written some stuff lately that I know you do the open mic down in Central Arts. Yeah. I'd like to try that. I yeah. just go out and just see what happens, and you know what will be will be. I'm a like, big believer in that as you well. You are, you are incredibly supportive. I mean, you've been to all of my shows. I think haven't you? You've been. Well, I've been two. to at least two. I have been yeah. to two. There was one in Cart. I think two in Fairness Storm. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is. I mean, that's like I was surprised. I remember seeing you in the audience one time, and I thought that that's that's fantastic. You're, you're very you are very supportive. What are we doing? I think it's great what you're you. doing because you're a, you're your own voice. And that's brilliant. I mean, people who have their own ideas, their own thoughts, get them yeah. out. I, I think that's commendable because not enough enough of us do that. We that's bottle just, it, as I did once upon a time. I don't bottle it now, yeah. but I, I do reach out to other guys who are doing it. And I said, Isn't that great? Look, fuck it, at least having a go. And mm. that's kind of like an old pro like me, whatever you want to look at it, that gets me going again. Good. Well, if he can actually say, uh, I don't know what's going to come next. I should be able to say that as well because sometimes if everything is too scripted yeah. it becomes you have to get onto this get onto that and nothing can evolve then spontaneously if you're too much trying to go from A to B to C to D do you know what I mean if you kind of allow space for something to happen between A and B you could have A plus or what, do you know what I mean that kind of thing so I really came on that very good I, I, something that I always um, a, a line of questioning I always do with these snook chats mm. is I always for some reason I don't know why I do this but I'm curious more than anything else I always bring it on to um, religion. Do you believe in God, Connor? I used to. If I'm being honest, I don't anymore, no. So you were an altar boy, and that mm. was obviously driven by more so just to have a place in society, to feel like you're, you belong somewhere. It was a stage, and really. It was, it, was, yeah. it, was a, it was an escape. And people were looking at you, and it's just yeah. like, this is great. We were all in there together. It was a good camaraderie with the lads. Yeah. We went to knock it down once a year down that side yeah. of the all. Yeah. Christmas is brilliant. You had the Christmas party. Yeah, so that was uh, good. But when did you stop believing? Why did you stop? And when did you stop I probably, when I read the Bible a few times, I said, this is incomprehensible. And mm. this doesn't sound nice. 
there's a meanness about some of it really do you yeah. know? there's a meanness about religion and what you can't do what you shouldn't do I mean we, we all know we shouldn't kill and that but there's a sort of um, humility then and all of that there, there wasn't really expression in religion I don't think you know you weren't you know told to express yourself no no the blacks do all the singing and all of that but you had to kind of go with the overflow of the church one kind of thought yeah. one thing oh we're all in together I don't think it works like that I think individuality originality just people being themselves is more important than any religion mm. obviously you don't go and kill people rob people and stuff like that but I think religion suppresses it doesn't express. That's why I don't believe in religion. And when, when you eventually do pass on, and I always ask yeah. this question again for posterity, yeah. what piece of music would you like played at your funeral? Suspicious Minds. Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Laffy said, no, no, the fine young cannibals version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ronan Keating's version. Yeah, Ronan yeah. Keating's version. Yeah. Uh, why? What I loved about Elvis Presley was... Whatever he was like in private, I don't know. But when he was out there, humility. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, well, sir, yeah, yeah, that's a bad Elvis impersonation. <laughs> and actually, I used to do a kind of an Elvis kissogram. And Michael, he was one of the porters in the tower. I did it up in the loft in the Casbah. Who was who of all this? He came up. It was the worst version of an Elvis impersonation <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so I just loved his humility. I, I, loved, I loved his voice. Mm. I just felt it transfixed me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, the fact that he came back in 68. Now, a lot of people denigrate his later material. I don't. I think that's equally as good as his earlier stuff. Yeah. Um, in the Ghetto. Mm. Suspicious that's Minds. Um, American Trip. Magnificent. Mm. I used to play that at the end of all my shows on the Irish ferries there at the end of the disco. So that song to me... Um, there was a comeback I mean he was he said in his career if I could just get one more number one he might have said that I don't know 66 or 7 and that got him back reinvented yeah. him and then obviously he died 7 or 8 years later but that got him back going again and uh, it's just a song that raises the hairs on the back of my neck okay, yeah. and yeah. the sign of a good song as you know yourself you're driving in the car you hear it up goes the volume straight away yeah. anytime I hear Suspicious Minds I stop wherever I am and I listen to the song right the way through mm. and the fade out at the end he comes back again there's a kind of redemptive quality about that song that that's definitely going to be played at my funeral oh, very good, very good. so we'll leave it on this one, one thing how would you like to be remembered? I'd like to be remembered as somebody who added to the occasion, whatever it was. Mm. In whatever form I added to it. I remember him, he came in, he, remember he came in and did this, or he did that, or he signed this, or oh, the kids loved him, or whatever. I remember him in that play. Just something that you added to somebody's occasion, night, experience. Mm. That's all you'd ask for, really, Darren. All right. Come on, happen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for the drink. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Thank you. To find out more about upcoming Snug Chats, visit facebook.com forward slash Snug Chats.
the sign and sleep event at Mattress Firm. Get a new mattress at 0% APR for six years with $0 down and $0 due at signing. It's as simple as sign, save, and sleep. Plus, save up to $400 on the best brands, like a Beautyrest Queen mattress now just $497. Hurry in. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. Call 1-866-780-6220 for credit costs and terms. For new accounts, purchase APR is 29.99%. Subject to credit approval, valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale.